Hello and welcome to this episode of Chick Talk. I'm John Houston, Director of Business Services for Protrition Feed. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm happy to introduce our guest this evening, Ms. Gray Parks. Gray is one of Protrition's nutritionists and we're so glad to have her here to talk about chicks. Not only, Gray, are you uh, an equine enthusiast, you've been uh, raising chicks for a long time and, and certainly uh, have had hens around your place a long time and we're glad to have your expertise today. So today we want to focus on being prepared when we bring our chicks in. And so, uh, you know, it's a great project. And even with the price of eggs today, a lot of people are interested in having uh, their own uh, hens and, and being able to produce their own eggs. But, but before we get those chicks, there's nothing uh, like being prepared at home uh, when, when you bring them home. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let me ask you a few questions. Uh, first of all, uh, what types of things do we really need, even from just a basic standpoint, uh, before we bring the chicks home? So the very first thing that you need is somewhere safe for your chicks to be raised or brooded. Um, as the chicks ra are raised and brooded before they're ready to go outside, they're going to eventually need about one square foot of space per chick. And that will happen faster than you can imagine. So make sure you've planned for that space. It needs to be somewhere that predators can't get to those chicks. So if you're going to brood them out in the Cooper barn, you want to make sure that anything even as small as a rat can't get to your chicks because that could end very badly for you and for them. So a safe space to brood them somewhere that they can be contained and that you can provide what they need, including food, water, and heat is what you want to start with. Well, great. So, you know, most people like to think about bringing these chicks home in the early spring, I call it, even maybe a little bit before the calendar says it's spring, like about now as we're filming this, uh, really here at the end of January, 1st of February. So uh, when you think about that, you know, we're going to have some cold days, cold nights. So uh, talk to us a little bit about the heat requirements or what you might might be the options for providing heat for these chicks. Yes, heat is very important for baby chicks. Unlike adult chickens, the down that's on the baby chicks doesn't really insulate them. So they can't maintain their own body temperature. And in a natural setting, they would solve that by just cuddling under their mother hen. But when we raise them artificially, we need to give them away to raise their body temperature. Now, textbook answer would be, we wanna start at 95 degrees the first week and drop that five degrees every week. But there's some wiggle room there. So the most important thing is to make sure that you're monitoring your chicks. If they're huddling together in a tight pile, especially if they're cheeping loudly in distress, then they're too cold. Um, but if you see them spreading out to the edges of their space, and especially if they're laying down with their wings out or panting, then they're too hot. And the most typical way that people are going to do that for heat is with a heat lamp. That's what everyone's used to seeing. Heat lamps are cheap. They're easy to find. Um, but they do have some cautionary things that you should know about them. And one is that they can present a fire risk. So you want to make sure that you secure your heat lamp with a chain or something that won't break, not just the clamp that comes with it, and that you don't have it so close to the bedding that it might catch on fire. Um, more modern option is what's called a brooder plate that you can purchase for your chicks, which is going to provide heat instead of heating the whole brooder just to when the chicks touch it. So the chicks cuddle under it just like they would a mother hen. 
Whether you're using a plate or a heat lamp, you wanna make sure that you're not heating the entire space the chicks are in. If you don't give them an option for getting out of the heat, then they can't control their body temperature. So make sure your feed and water are away from the heat and that the heat's only provided in one area. And then make sure you're making adjustments as the chicks grow so they can still access the heat they need. Good point. So talk to us a little bit about uh, bedding in the, br in the brooder phase. What would you use for bedding? Or would you use bedding? What would you yes, use? Bedding is very important. Chickens, even baby chicks, make a lot of mess. Um, and things will get wet and dirty and smelly quickly if you don't provide clean bedding. There are a lot of options. I personally use large flake shavings for my brooder and then change that as needed. Um, I think the large flakes are important. You can use small flakes or sawdust or even the pelleted horse bedding, but you wanna make sure if you do use that, that you cover it for the first several days the chicks are there with something like paper towels because they may not be able to tell the difference between the bedding and their feed. And if they eat the bedding, then that could cause them to become sick or even to die. With the larger flakes or something like shredded cardboard or shredded paper, they're less likely to be able to consume those and you won't typically have that problem. So now we've talked about, you know, bringing them in, the heat requirements, the space requirements, uh, um, the bedding. So from equipment needed for feed and water, what would you recommend there? So for feeding, you want to make sure that whatever you're using to contain your feed is something that the chicks can easily access. Um, hanging feeders are really popular with chickens. Baby chicks are very, very low to the ground. So a hanging feeder isn't always the best option for those. Um, I use the little, the long feeder with little holes in it for the first couple of weeks for my chicks. Um, if you have bantams or very small chicks, they can actually get in those and get stuck. So you want to make sure you're monitoring that appropriately if that's the case. As they age, then I'll use an elevated feeder um, that's a little higher than the flat long one, a round one, um, because the baby chicks, just like adults, start scratching in their feed and they'll make a lot of mess quickly out of those long feeders as they get to be three or four weeks of age. Absolutely. So from a water standpoint, uh, what do you recommend on providing water or how... What type of equipment would be needed for providing yeah, water? So fresh water is critical for your baby chicks to be healthy. Um, one thing to keep in mind with brand new baby chicks is that they have a tendency to just fall asleep wherever they're standing. So you want to make sure you use a very, very shallow waterer so that they can't fall asleep in it and drown inadvertently. Um, so I'll use the little round bell plastic waterer that has a very shallow, narrow lip. For those early weeks, um, if you use a larger water, you can put something like flat rocks or marbles in the water so that the chicks are less likely to drown. And then after the chicks are two or three weeks of age, I like to switch to a nipple waterer because that way they can't kick their shavings into the water and make a big mess. And I know they have fresh water available. Right. So with all of that, uh, what would you use for a brooder? If you're a first time, are you going to buy a professional brooder or are you going to make, we talked about heat lamps and all of those type things, but what kind of containment uh, would you recommend that most people would have to contain these baby chicks for a while? So there are a lot of options here. Um, a metal or rubber stock tank is a really popular option. Um, you want to make sure if you're using that again, that you're paying attention to space and to ventilation inside that tank. Um, I personally actually use um, a metal dog exercise pin. Um, and I just zip tied some 
chicken wire around the outside of it to make the wires closer together um, because that provides a lot more space than um, a tank would. So you can use either or you can build a brooder um, depending on how ambitious you are. There are also options you can use plastic tubs, you can use cardboard boxes if you're creative enough, again, as long as you provide enough space. So there's a couple of other questions I want to ask before we finish this episode. I know we'll have another episode talking more about nutrition, but from a feed standpoint, in particular, specifically for the chicks, uh, just give us some type of general recommendation uh, about the feed that would be needed. When, if you're not used to chick or chicken feed, poultry feeds, just the design and the, the characteristics of a, of a chick feed. So when you're feeding baby chicks, you always want to start with a chick starter um, or an all flock type feed. And the reason this is important is because these products have a higher level of protein and essential amino acids than an adult product like a layer pellet and a lower level of calcium to make sure those chicks get the nutrition they need. Most of these feeds will come in a crumble form, which is important because the chicks aren't big enough to eat pellets at this age. Um, and you can have the option usually to buy medicated or non-medicated. And that's going to be really important depending on the environment your chicks are raised in, the history on your property and your personal preferences. Um, there are options if you're buying directly from a hatchery to get chicks that are vaccinated against coccidiosis, which is what we're concerned about when we're medicating baby chicks. Um, if you buy vaccinated for coccidiosis chicks, it's important not to feed a medicated feed in that particular case. But if you have a history of coccidiosis and you aren't buying vaccinated chicks, then a medicated feed is very important to protect those chicks from what can be um, a very serious illness or even death due to this parasite they can get. So as we wind up, I've got one one last question, Gray. Uh, so I, I, I'm new to the to the chick business, and I go to the co-op to get my chicks, and uh, you know I don't really know breeds. I don't know which one. What what would you say to someone about what breed they might need or, uh, you know, I know they, uh, the first question is, do you want uh, pullets and layers or do you want meat birds and that type of thing? But just talk a little bit about the most popular breeds. So there are a lot of popular chicken breeds. Um, and for first time backyard chicken owners, my advice is to try a variety and see what you like as, as first. Um, the most common ones that you might see for white layers would be like a white leghorn or brown leghorn, which is just different color varieties of the typical white layers, white egg layers that you're used to seeing. Um, Rhode Island reds and barred rocks are really popular brown egg layers. You might see things that are called sex links, which means that you've bred chickens in a specific way that they're born different colors so that the hatchery can more easily determine which ones are male and female on day one. Those are all kind of high production, backyard appropriate breeds. Um, I'm personally very um, partial to the colored egg layers. So I have some Easter eggers um, and also speckled Sussex for their uh, decorative right. variety in my backyard. Well, excellent. Well, great. Thank you so much for being part of this episode. Uh, we look forward to another episode talking more specifically about after the birds come home, uh, but I want to say to our audience that all of the things that Gray talked about from an equipment standpoint, the feed standpoint, can be sourced at your local farmer's co-op, and any further information uh, that you might uh, want to know or need to know about 
the chicks and about raising chicks that can be sourced at your local farmer's co-op. And we thank you for joining us on this episode.